And we do have ourselves a convoy starting here in the United States to back up Canada. Patriots, welcome to Fishers of Men. Today is Monday, February 21st in the year 2022. And what Canada is doing is awakening the world in such a profound way. And it's very much like the angel in Balaam. And it's time for the world to pay attention. And I think we're beginning to finally. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page on what I consider to be the best company in America right now. Led by a CEO who's a patriot, he's a Christian, and he lives like one. And with everything you buy right now, you get a special offer of using your promo code. With You also get a copy of Mike's book, Mike Lindell's book, which is the story of how he came from addict to one of the greatest CEOs of our time. And little clue on that book. The hero is Christ. So let me give you a short message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. Well, during these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my standard size MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get custom fit with my premium queen size MyPillows, regularly $79.98, now just $29.98. Or my king size, regular $89.98, now just $34.98. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive this exclusive offer. If you do it right now, I'm going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S, for some incredible savings across the entire site. Use the promo code on the FrankSpeech.com site, my store site, and the MyPillow.com site. If you want to talk to a Patriot Pillow counselor, call 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939, and they're going to be happy to tell you how to get great sleep every night. Also, just a brief mention, Expedition Coffee. It's really the coffee for our time, the warriors of our time. It's a whole body health coffee, very unique, and I think it's one of the best health coffees on the market, if not the only one of this caliber. It's designed to help boost your, your health uh, immunity, and all of that goes along with a health of a series of products that are, make up a health ecosystem Check all those out at expeditioncoffee.com. Of a special note is Pure 47. Pure 47 is one of the most refined silver extracts on the market. It's a must-have in your cabinet, especially in this bioweapon-intensive environment we're living in. Again, expeditioncoffee.com. Finally, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. Use your promo code BARS for 20% off there. This is the Bible for our time, an NESB 1995 edition printed in the United States with our founding fathers' documents worked throughout the scripture. It's literally a lesson in God's word and how our founding fathers used scripture as a living language. It's a must for a homeschooler. So thefoundersbible.com, promo code BARDS for 20% off. Right now in Canada, and we've spent a lot of time on Canada for good reason, because central to Canada is this power of change that's happening and the fear in which they are putting, instilling 
through a peaceful protest in its leadership. Listen to this nonsense here. <laughs> it's, you, know, you just can't make this up. How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? Oh, they're so distressed. <laughs> Hanuk, Hanuk. I guess that's now, it means something else. When you start to hear this, this is desperation and panic because they, have, they can't stop the people and they hate the people. And I think that's the most important piece to remember in all of this is these people truly hate you, hate me, and they'll do anything they can to try to stop us because their power is everything. That is all they live for, is the power to rule over people with the promises given to them by their handlers. But Canada's getting this, and it's coming together. And this piece here I'm going to play, I want you to listen to it. It's so ideal in what we all should be doing right now. And it's just a fantastic short but to-the-point message about the really the heart of what this is all about. Louis Riel Day, the crossroads of Canada, Winnipeg, Manitoba. To all the truckers who are passing through this great city, going east, going west, going north, going south, please stop, park your truck, take the rest that you need, join us for a meal, and have a conversation. We want to see you here. That's it. We want to see truckers everywhere. And we want to start having a conversation with each other. We want to break bread. We want to do the thing that the social media doesn't allow us to do. We want to do the thing that the elites fear that we will do. That we'll take time to talk. There's a cafe in my town. It's called Casey's. It's the place that we all meet. Those of us that can't stand this stupidity. It's local. It's been that way forever. There's still some people that wander in with masks. They don't last long as far as they don't keep them on long. Nobody asks any questions. Everybody just is themselves. It's the place to meet. It's the place you sit down and have one of the best diner breakfasts around. True American. Everything wrong about it, according to the health experts, and it's absolutely perfect. The coffee is straight up diner's coffee. You can't get it anywhere else. It's just has that diner flavor, and it's perfect. It comes in a ceramic, the white ceramic cup. You get the little creamers in a little container. You know, if you're going to order an omelet, it's it's a big plate omelet, and it comes with with your choice of toast, and of course hash browns, and you're you've got carb overload by the time you finish. It's awesome. If you're going to do a, if you're going to get one of their cinnamon rolls, it's the size of a dinner plate. Casey's was threatened for being shut down because, why? Because they were not going to comply. OSHA tried to intercede. So Casey's did something rather fantastic. They let all their employees go and hired them back and brought them back as volunteers. OSHA has no role, has no authority now. And now everybody donates through tips to help pay the wages. You see, it all works out, and it works out well because we care for one another. It's the coming together places, and we really need to be doing that. We need to be using this point in time to show a different way forward. 
and it is a way that we as a whole win this. We don't win this by taking a bat to a bat. They're going to hit, by the way. They're going to extol pain. There's going to be others that suffer. We've seen that happen through Antifa. And the beautiful thing is Americans have went through that. We all did. We endured that as a country. You notice it never became violent. And Canada's going through it now on a bigger way because it's in a worse way because it's their government doing it to them. That's coming. They're doing it to all the countries. That's their plan. But then maybe it's not coming because it's going to depend on the choices that we make. Numbers 22, 21 through 39. So Balaam arose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the leaders of Moab. Hold on just a second. I just lost my page. Sorry. But God was angry because he was going. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel, the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off from the way and went into the field. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path of the vineyard with a wall on one side and a wall on that side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself to the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall, so he struck her again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn to the right hand or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, so Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me with these three, these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a mockery of me. If there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever been accustomed to to do so to you? And he said, no. I'll continue in a minute, but doesn't that sound a whole bunch like the protesters talking to the police? Don't the police sound like those beating the donkey, like Balaam? And at the core of this, it's the infantile response of Balaam because he made a mockery of me. The vanity and the ego are the things that will bring down the elites because in the end, they have lost their way. They know not what they do. They know not what they can do without their ego. Genghis Khan said, I hate luxury. I exercise moderation. It will be easy to forget your vision and purpose once you have fine clothes, fast horses, and beautiful women, in which case you will be no better than a slave and you will surely lose everything. It is the egos that consume the many. 
and their attachment to the badge, the attachment to the uniform, the attachment to the status, the attachment to their pensions and to their things that make no difference in the end. What Canada and the movement in Canada is reminding us of is there is something greater than anything we have, and that's liberty. And there is a sacrifice that must be made at any cost for liberty. And the courage of the few leads the many. Our truckers are mobilizing now. This is great. And hopefully Americans will mobilize with them. But it's sounding to me like our truckers aren't playing too much of a game right now. They're not just doing a rally. They're going to shut it down. I hope they do. It's time to park it. It's time to bring the system to the knees. You know, I told you this story before, and I, it's, I'm just always reminded how prophetic it was. Dr. William Sulik was my professor when I was working on my master's. A master's I didn't finish, by the way. I got too fed up with the politics of university. And we were sitting in one of his classes, and there was this is at University of Oregon, which is like another country of communism is all it is. And there were all these liberals, crazy liberals in my class. You had the feminists, you had the, the psychoanalysts, you had the, they're all radicalized, all of them. And this is back in the late 80s. And he had been trained at the Frankfurt School. If you know what that is, that was like, that's the home of like modern day communism and social elitism. But he wasn't of that ilk, but that's where he had gone to school. And all these people are debating about the, the coming end of capitalism and the need to have social revolution. And you have in this class, and I was good friends with Dr. Solik. He was my advising professor. I liked him a lot. And we had, had all these people debating, and he's listening. And these are masters and PhD students. All of them think that they're, they all forget that they put their underwear on the same way. But anyway, and he says to him, you all are stupid. <laughs> and let me tell you, when you tell a PhD student that they're stupid and it comes from somebody who they all are revering as a professor, you watch egos just deflate like you stick a needle in a, in, a, in a balloon. And with that, it, you also see that the, just the backbone starts stiffening up and the, the scowls start to come over. The, and the tension is just increasing massively. And he says, Dr. Solik says, if you want to affect change, and you want to bring the system down, just don't buy. Just don't buy. You see, the thing of this trucker's movement, it's at the heart of what we have lived under. The very heart of this system is about us not connecting with God and trying to fulfill the emptiness that's within us with Balaam's stick, 
we're flailing in time. We're flailing in this era because we've lost God in our hearts, so many, not all. And we're trying to fill it with another trip to Walmart, with another spin through Amazon, with all the things that we honestly don't need. And with this, we have become slaves to a system. And then we need to buy more. And because we don't buy more or we don't have much to buy more, we get a credit card. We take out a mortgage on our house. How many people do you know that have refinanced their homes at this point in time because the interest rates were low? And I just feel sick for them because they're being set up. Look at what's happening. Interest rates are being starting to go back up. BlackRock and others have been buying real estate across the entire country. Why? Because they've artificially inflated the markets. Why? Because they know they're going to pull the pin on them. They know it's going to collapse. and They're going to go back and buy those same properties that these people refinanced on 10 cents on the dollar. They're going to create debt slaves across the board because people have refinance their homes on an artificially inflated market, which the banks have allowed. So a house that was 500000 now becomes 750000 in market value. People take off that extra chunk to refinance and supposedly pay off debt or whatever else they're going to do, do an addition on the house, whatever. But the thing is that once that market implodes, just like in 2007, they're going to be upside down, and they're not going to be able to get their money out of it, and they're going to be stuck with these high payments. And as the market collapses, so do jobs go away, and then you're stuck. And then guess what? You've got daddy money bags, BlackRock, walking in and going, hey, we can help you out. Just You can keep the house. You can stay there and live. We'll buy it. You can pay us. You'll be renting it. But you're going to have to get vaxxed to live in this house. You're going to have to have a a credit score, social credit score. You're going to have to have a digital ID. This is where it's coming. So all of this centers around our inability to let go of these institutions, which are are framed around us. We have to get back to buying cash, using cash to buy things. We have to get back to buying what we need. Now, right now, what we need is a, that's a laundry list for many because in the time of what we're facing, we're facing an unknown. And I don't fault anybody for buying things that they need to prepare for an unknown time as long as what you're doing is being led by God. And God's opening those doors telling you if you're listening. Don't, I don't doubt that. But the frivolous expenditures that we've made over our time and the desire to put ourselves in debt because it's easy money, those are the debt enslavement traps that these people have set. But if we stop playing the game, and that means some sacrifice for some, what happens, what happens if I don't make my credit card bill? I don't know. What happens? My life is going to end. My credit score is going to fall. All right. I don't think that's going to make a whole lot of difference in heaven. Just don't. And you always hear this thing, you know, because it's said, you know, God says pay your debts. Look, I get that. And I'm not saying to walk away from those responsibilities that we put in this world. 
But when we're in a war right now where they're using every tool they can to keep you enslaved, all I'm going to say is pray on it. Be reasonable about it. Don't let it obsess you. Focus on what you need to prepare your family first. But whatever you do, stop using debt as a way of living. Stop buying into their system. We have to flip what we're doing and stop trying to somehow do better and beat them at their own game. They are not going to lose in their game board. But we will win on ours when we simply stop buying. The system comes to a halt. What are they going to do? They're going to, you have to buy this. It sounds like something Trudeau would say. It's like, no, actually I don't. People are worried right now because bank accounts are being frozen. Just take your money out. Work with cash. Keep a minimum amount there. Then if they seize your account or freeze it because they're going to, it's not if they're going to, and it's not because of what you believe they're going to tell you that. It's because they have no money. We're dealing with a debt system that is based on four quadrillion, four quadrillion dollars in derivative debt that they created to completely pillage the earth and to take everything that we put in it So, all we have to do is stop playing the game. They need us to buy. They need us to invest in their systems. They need us to go to the doctor and use their systems. And when we stop playing, they need us to put our kids in school to justify their indoctrination camps. They need us to get more tech stuff to justify their systems. I, I'm very honest. I was hoping to read good stats about Apple stock falling, but no. Instead, when Apple came out with its latest phone or something, it's like sales bolted up again. I'm shaking my head. I'm going to go, here we go again. Can't live without my new iPhone. We have to get smarter than this as a people because otherwise we are literally Balaam beating on the donkey. But what Canada is showing us is something completely different. And we're being reminded of something we should all know, that when we stand united and we're not playing the game and we're, they're coming together and working as community, their priorities have shifted. And what's the greatest threat that, that Canada is facing? It was most clearly defined by the Ambassador Bridge because Ford, GM, Toyota couldn't produce their cars and they were losing 13.9 million a day. If they don't have a means to move the stuff and if people aren't buying the stuff, they don't have a system. It's literally that simple. And don't think they're not going to throw a temper tantrum when you do this because they are. They're already showing Canada. Canada's going to suffer pretty harsh here. That's okay. It's people are strong. Another, here's another quote from Genghis Khan. Not even a mighty warrior can break a frail arrow when it is multiplied and supported by its fellows. As long as your brothers support one another and render assistance to one another, your enemies can never gain the victory over you. But 
If you fall away from each other, your enemy can break you like frail arrows one at a time. That's some genius right there. And it's simple. It's true. So continuing with Numbers 22, 31 and on. The Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed all the way to the ground. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I would surely have killed you just now and let her live. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the way against me. Now then, if it is displeasing to you, I will turn back. But the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you shall speak only the word which I tell you. So Balaam went along with the leaders of Balak. I want you to imagine the power of prayer for a minute. The power that we have to do greater things than he. I want you to imagine that every rally we are singing him. I want you to imagine that every time we get together, we're praising God as it's his rally, not ours. It's not make America great again. It's God's rally. I want you to see a time, a place where we, the people, proclaim God as It's his army. It's the Lord's war. He's on the throne. Not Trump, but him. Not anybody else, but him. And I want you to imagine the thousands of people doing this every single time. I want you to imagine as Canada did. And I want you to imagine as Canada is right now with cops on the line, with sticks. I don't care who they are. And that power of putting God there with us proclaiming it as God's moment. And the eyes of those that will be opened, because there are police officers who are seeing, and what would they see behind us? And what would they see before us? They would see Christ, and they would see the Lord. And what do you think that they would do? what they are going to do. Some are going to live with regret for this for the rest of their lives, and it's well-earned, by the way. It's not that they can't be forgiven. It's whether they will forgive themselves because they know what they have done. The power of presence, the power of standing there and being strong and extending a loving hand is one of the greatest weapons in war we have because in the end of the day, there will be those that suffer pain, But there are those that extolled the pain that will be haunted for the rest of their life. I don't wish that upon them, but it's a justice that comes for being a fool. Now imagine, Mahatma Gandhi, we've referenced him a number of times, moved a nation, pushed the British out by doing this. 
And he did that with a passive and nonviolent, a very active resistance. It wasn't passive. It was a nonviolent protest. People died. Now, the right perspective they had was it didn't matter anyway. But here's what he didn't have. God, he didn't have Christ. Imagine what would have happened if he'd had Christ. See, and we do. And I'm not saying that to better one over the other. I'm just making a point. Because one man led a nation to a nonviolent revolution that destroyed the British army in the end. That's a beautiful thing. And nothing but praise for that. And there's so much that we can take from that. And then if you add to that the glory of Christ within that walk, the praising of God within that walk, we're talking about splitting the heavens is what we're talking about. It's the fearlessness that the Christian brings to the line that is so important. And I I do reference back to India because people were afraid. At that time, they were afraid. They were, they were literally facing off with guns, and the British were shooting them. And yet they kept coming. This is the commitment we must now make. And there are calls that God will make for his angels and his watchers. And those that receive that call will know. But the stance that we make as one body is to move forward without fear, to crush an enemy with a fearlessness to approach them that no matter what they do, we will still be there, and to not participate in their system. Defy, don't comply. We have to get to a point. We are not going to buy from corporate stores. We have to get to a point where you're buying local only for what you need. You have to get to a point where we are all working together to produce what we need and sharing with one another. Canada is teaching this lesson. And in fairness, this is God leading Canada to show the world again how we win this. I truly believe this. Truckers haven't lost If anything, what has happened is the true nature of this evil has been shown to the world in one of the places we least expected it. Canada's well into this fight. Now, they have lost their nation in sense of governance. It's turned on them. And as a nation, Canada is not the Canada that was. And it happened literally in minutes with a stroke of a pen. That's how quickly these two things turn. And yet, Canada's still moving along. Canada's still resisting. How long is it going to be before there's no food on the shelves? Because it's coming. And the same government that's screaming honk, honk is a Nazi symbol. These people are despicable. They'll do anything. They lie, they cheat, they steal. It's a good thing I'm not running the repentance shop because I just tell them to take up one of those chains with razors on them and go beat themselves for about a week and then tell them to come back and talk to me. 
I, I have little patience for weakness and cowards. And I think that sentiment is probably shared by the Lord. Revelation 21.8, but for the cowardly, which is the first one on the list, and unbelieving, and these people are both, and the abominable, well, that takes the top three right there, and murderers, some of them are, and immoral persons, all of them are, and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It sounds like that kind of sucks. And well-deserved. Patriots, the biggest thing that we have right now is the strength of Christ and through Christ to the Father within us. We can't have anger. Righteous indignation, yes, but not anger. And I, and I just want to touch on that a little bit because anger leads breeds the emotions of revenge and hate. Righteous indignation is a justifiable response with the Holy Spirit. And I, it's easily said, but I will tell you, it's, it's a mindset that we have to have. There is justice coming, and there is justice to do. And it isn't always the justice of just standing by and getting beaten. That is not what God intends. But we do have to begin somewhere. And that's, we have to have unity and strength, but we have to be bold in the truth and we have to confront the truth. We have to confront the lies with truth. Some of the most aggressive people on the ground in Canada, one was a woman, and I've, if you haven't seen this video, go to, it's somewhere in our, um, it's a TikTok video, somewhere in our Bards FM Canadian Revolution page. And it's, to me, it's brilliant because she takes her camera her phone, and she walks in front of every police officer and she says, look me in the eye, and she's telling them what it is to be Canadian. Look me in the eye, remember your oath. Look me in the eye. One stares her and he glares at her. The others couldn't look her in the eye. See, that's the power of this type of, of emotion. This is the power when you force people to look in the mirror. Another woman had a mirror in her hand. And she walked across the line and put the mirror in front of every cop. See, this, these are the tools that we have with us. And what you're doing is you're not striking a mortal wound. The donkey was beaten by a stick by Balaam. Donkey didn't like it, but didn't change. But Balaam was faced with his eyes being cleared. He had to face himself. And how did he face himself? He had to face himself because God revealed who was actually there before him, that the donkey could see that Balaam could not because Balaam was too consumed with his ego and whatever else he was going to do. And when Balaam finally saw it, it broke him. There are, that's how you win this. You break them one at a time. And it doesn't happen right away. These are people that won't be the same. Some won't care. Some just enjoy extolling pain, beating on women. They love the power grab. Their time is coming. 
but there are many that are there because they wanted the extra hours. They were happy with this and they're okay as long as they're within their little clique of people. But as they go along, they're going to have to reflect on all that was done in the name of love and the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't just punch in and punch out on an eight hour clock. God works 24 seven. And God will work that and will take that little tiny fissure and turn it into a crack and then shine a bit of light down in there. And then pretty soon that heart shell starts to crack and the guilt will usually arrive. And the embarrassment and that reflection of what they've done for some, they'll seek the Lord as they should because that's God's way. For some, they won't be able to handle it. Some will harden up and try to become more brutal, but in the end, it'll break them. We are the wall, and we are creating this place where instead of provoking, letting their violence provoke our violence, which creates, it's like a, it's like a pebble in a, in a pond. You throw a pebble in the pond, I'm sure you've all done that, and it's it creates the ripples, right? And you throw a boulder in the pond, and man, it just like grows. And that's what they're trying to do with every action. But did you notice that even American media, which we all despise anyway, including Fox News, but did you notice how the news cycle all picked up on Canada trampling the woman with a horse? And they couldn't stop talking about it. Because they themselves understand something. These media are strange people because they understood something, at least in my opinion. They understood that if they didn't say something, they were going to get excoriated here. So they had to make themselves look a little legitimate. But in that process of trying to legitimize their illegitimacy, they let other people see it. And the ripple effect continues. And it continues to just eat away at people, all of these liberals that look to Canada as like, oh, it's the perfect place. Those bad truckers, now they have to confront this whore. There's no justifying those actions. There'll be some that'll try. This is a miraculous thing. It's amazing when we sit back and just take a breath for a minute. And I, and by the way, just as a side note, do that each day. In all the craziness of the day, take some time. Take five, ten minutes out of your day. Just step away from everything. Take a look up. Breathe in some fresh air outside. Take a deep breath. Make sure and thank God. These are pretty amazing times. And as trying as they are, what God is constantly showing us over and over is he is with us if we trust in him. Yeah, I hear this very often. People will say to me, okay, I just hope we can endure. So I'll ask the question. I'm like, what has happened in your life that's been so bad? And anybody that has had faith has been trying to hold on to faith, even if it's not perfect, they'll usually come back. It's like, well, my life hasn't really changed that much, but I just don't want any things to happen. It's like, stop. Just take a breath. I know that there have been difficult times in families. Everybody's had one. I know that we've all lost somebody in one way or another at this point. But if you really think about your personal life and you've been walking with God, 
be honest with yourself, and I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. There's been a lot of crazy stuff happen, but that true walk with God has kept it solid and clear and, and wonderful. It's really kind of one of the best times of my life, in spite of the crazy. And as we grow stronger in God, that walk continues to be better and better. Again, I'm not taking away loss because I know some people have had some pretty brutal losses. But our faith in God grows greater each way. And that's what makes this time the most amazing time. And if we are going to stay stuck in the past, we're going to remain there. But God's pulling us into a different place. And it's an important place that we're going. Because as in Joel 3.14, multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. We are here in the valley of decision, all of us. And each day we have to make a choice. Which way are we going to go? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are blessed in these times and the many challenges that have been put before us have only led us to grow deeper in our relationship with you. These are not easy times, but, and again, they shouldn't be. We've drifted so far from you and now we're returning to you, humbled, on our knees. We're feeling a lot of the pain of the things that have fallen in this world we're, and we're seeking, I guess, the healing of our hearts and yet you're there, always have been. All we have to do is reach. So Lord, for those that have forgotten let them just reach out to you. Let them be reminded. For those that are feeling the pressure of this time, just give them a tap. Just a subtle touch, Lord, is all we pray. Just to remind them to turn around and look. For those that have been on the line, standing in front of evil, continue to give them courage to lead the many. For those wondering whether they could do such a thing, bolster their heart to let them know that they can. For those that are afraid that things are going to get worse, remind them it doesn't matter because you're with us. You'll guide us and provide all that we need. For those that are facing loss of job or loss of home, we pray that they can just be reminded to trust in you. The world is changing. We know that. But a change of this magnitude and this fast leaves many with their footing gone. They feel like they're in quicksand. 
All they have to do is just reach to you and they find the rock of faith. So, Lord, we pray that for all those who have built their house on sand, give them sight to see, to move their house to the rock of faith. For all those that are standing boldly on the rock of faith, give us the opportunity to lead those on sand to where we are, to stand with us, for us to stand together united as one and to face this evil, not on their terms, but on yours, to face this evil with a wall of love, to face this evil with the confidence that no matter what befalls us, we're going to be okay, to face this evil with the comfort of fellowship that we're looking out for each other to make sure that no one falls, that we hold the line together, that we share what we need to to bring up each other, not to depend on one person being alone, but instead that we walk together as one body in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for these times. Humbling, amazing, inspirational, and unforgettable. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We will prevail. There's no question in my heart. I don't know when. I don't care. This is kind of a fun ride with God. And he's doing so many amazing things but we will prevail. And I think that's the most important part of all of this is the knowledge that no matter what befalls us, we will prevail. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up for Canada. Your prayers up for the fellowship of humanity. We all have that rock of faith we can stand on. All we have to do is reach. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. We have to trust in him, though. And never forget you're in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Sure, God will win, but we have a mission. Occupy the land. Expand expand the kingdom mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
Hide from the rain.